Jack, Levi, the book club from hell. Hello everyone, this is Jack with the book club from hell. A sentient camera lens used by operatives of Ben & Jerry's Homemade Holdings Incorporated to collect compromat on commercial competitors. This week's episode is on Triumph of the Will, an influential Nazi propaganda film directed, produced, edited and co-written by Lenny Riefenstahl, released in 1935. The film documents the 1934 6th Nazi Party Congress in Nuremberg, and to this day is still highly regarded from a technical perspective, as Riefenstahl used a number of innovative filmmaking techniques which I don't really understand, as I'm a complete caveman when it comes to film. If you like what we're doing with this podcast and want to support us, we have a Patreon account, the link to which is in the show notes. People on Patreon can access the notes I make for episodes, as long as that episode warrants coherent notes, so if you want more information on the books or manifestos we've covered, you can find it there. Additionally, I've published a novel called Tower, which you can find on Amazon or on Apple Books, links also in the show notes. So, if you want to understand how narrative can be driven by a series of progressively larger swastikas in film, then listen on. Enjoy. No, 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 that's quite all right. Uh, listeners, um, you now know, or you're about to know, that I'm about to learn that I have a child, and I was with that child rocking him to sleep as I was watching the last 40 minutes or so of Triumph of the Will, Lenny Riefenstahl's 1933-34-35 classic piece of cinematic propaganda. Yeah, let's let's see. So it was... It was recording the 34 Nazi Party Congress in Nuremberg. I'm not sure when it was. Oh, here we go. Yeah, released 1935. Yeah, 1935. We watched, we watched the 1080p colorized edition as well. Mm. You'd see the rosiness of Hitler's cheeks. Yeah, that was really good. The rosiness because... of all of the seraphic cheeks of those, the Aryan children waving and hiling at Hitler's motorcades. <laughs> I was really pleased for the um, colorized edition because... Maybe last time I watched it, it was really grainy and it was in black and white, so I wasn't able to absorb the full sort of cinematic mastery of it. But this time, I was um, I Chromecast it onto mm. my very large television and was watching it in all its splendor, and it was really it, it really made a big difference. I think my favorite part, I mean, it, it makes a big difference because so many shots have this really sort of like. Uh, languid obsession over bodily movements like even like i really liked was this particular scene at the hitler youth camp where one of the cooks or something was sort of like slowly mm, pulling out mm. some stew and then pouring it back in um and it was really it was really special mm-hmm. plus also just being able to observe all of hitler's <laughs> tics <laughs> like did you see His like mannerisms yeah like <laughs> i'm not sure this particular bit where like he gets like he does this ridiculous dance he's like it's I don't know. Like it's it's all this hands on hips posture, which is really ridiculous. It's also interesting analyzing the different ways that different people hile because mm. like it's it's an identifiable movement, of course, but within the genus of hiling, there's quite a lot of variation. There are a lot of species. Yeah, yeah. And What's I your favorite Hitler's hile? <laughs> they're quite lazy. I guess he was the Führer, so he didn't have to impress people. To nearly the same extent as um, I think it was, it was Rudolf Hess had a very, very energetic Heil. Yeah, I, I got to say that on the whole, I was if I had one criticism of the movie, I was a little bit disappointed with the flaccidity of some of the Heils. Like 
because you really you get really used to like a very sort of you know rigid hile but some of them mm. were just being like they were letting their fingers wag a little they were a bit there was yeah. one shot in particular i remember seeing i think it was at the it was at the end like the there were a number of speeches to close out the the party congress i think on the 6th day mm. and there was one particular shot of of this this sea of hiling hands and one hand was just he was letting his <laughs> Wrist droop, his fingers were drooping. It was a, it was a naturalistic shot. Yeah, it was a, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll so give, they could have, they could have that, worked on that. But, but I, I feel I like some, I'm not sure. I take some issue with your characterization of Hitler's piles as being lazy. We I should probably was say very... what the, the triumph of the will is. <laughs> yeah, oh, we did before, <laughs> didn't we? Yeah, okay. Say what the triumph of the will is. Yeah. So, Leni Riefenstahl was a a German filmmaker. Was she mostly a director? Uh, so I think this one yeah. she she directed. I think she co-wrote. I think she produced it. Yeah, I was talking to a colleague at work today <laughs> about Triumph of the Will. <laughs> Triumph of the Will, and he was the saying, famous Nazi propaganda film. Yeah, he was telling me that, uh, and this guy's a very avid, I think, mountain climber, and apparently she made all kinds of films on like mountain climbing. So she was very used mm, to mm. doing dramatic uh, like mountainscapes and that sort of thing. I'm not sure if this was before or after her Nazi career, but I think she like she lived a quite a while after the fall of Nazism. I don't know exactly, but mm. I think it was like 1970 or 80 or something. So I think she must have had a pretty solid career after that, notwithstanding her contributions to the Nazi party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she um So she she made a number of propaganda films for the Nazis. Most notably, The Triumph of the Will, which Ed and I watched. <laughs> and then after the war, it like there, there are a handful of people of, of Nazis post-war who were just unapologetic. Like Carl Schmidt, I'm pretty sure, just never apologised. Yeah. Like he was pretty unrepentant. Not that it hurt his standing at <laughs> universities today. Was Not sure what Heidegger said afterwards. I but Leni Riefenstahl I think he kept pretty quiet about it, but mm, I don't think he ever mm, recanted. Riefenstahl did what most did, where she said that she had no idea what the Nazis were doing, had no idea of the Holocaust. So her, I think her her star certainly fell after 1945, but she was very very prominent as a filmmaker in in Nazi Germany, and a, apparently so. I should preface all of this by saying I'm a complete Philistine when it comes to film. I rarely watch films. I might watch them on a plane. So my usual film viewing experience is watching it on like a postage stamp of a screen where I can, I can barely hear anything because of the jet engines. And I'm sleepy, so I don't really follow the plot. But I hear that Riefenstahl was very, very innovative in terms of her cinematography. And I, I will say it's, it's a very... Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 an extremely beautiful film. It's it's a combination of being it's a very visually striking film, combined with the the novelty and because Hitler is effectively Satan in our society, the <laughs> the shock value of just seeing Hitler appear every now and then in such a heroic capacity. Yeah, I think show up, deliver rousing speeches. He looks good. He's well dressed. Yeah, absolutely He's decisive. I think I think um, one of the most refreshing things for me is is actually seeing um, you know, Nazism in all of its glories 
shorn any of the uh, dark outside context because I think, mm. you know, aside from whatever weird interests I might have, uh, I think it is actually a useful political pedagogical tool for people to actually see why people might have been wrapped up in this whole thing. Like, yeah, imagine yeah. how that film would have been received in 1935 and how amazing it would have been cinematically. And uh, it's just great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of the lessons that at least it seems popular culture has drawn from Nazism, at least in Australia, is that it's just this cartoonishly... It's a cartoonishly evil and obviously cartoonishly evil thing and was from the very beginning and the mm. only people who followed it were themselves cartoonishly evil. Yes. Whereas at least with this film, it's it seems like a, a lot of people followed it. So that there was the humiliation after the First World War, which does come up like in the first <laughs> few minutes of this film. <laughs> yep. Uh, the, the German martial tradition and also the fact that the Nazis were so effective at at propagandizing and just making themselves look cool. Like yeah. their, their branding was so, so disciplined. Yeah. Everything has a swastika on it. Yeah. Everything has the the right colours. Everything's very tightly choreographed. So it it's a sort of movement where like if you had something that was that well branded and that energetic today, even if it was espousing very similar values, I imagine you get a lot of adherence. Yeah, and I'm I'm not sure if the numbers given in the film were correct, but I think it said something like if 750,000 people were really at this um week-long extravaganza, then having that many people that well choreographed with that the such high production values, um, you know, <laughs> it'd be enough to turn anyone into a uh, jackbooted goon. Mm. It's also interesting that this happened. This didn't happen that long after the Night of the Long Knives. I think it said nineteen months or something. Was that it? Yeah, it, it happened very close after, and there were a lot of. I'm trying to. I can't remember which SA members were present in this film, but certainly a number of the. Was it Rome? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I. Heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I read that, but I don't even know who he is. Um, yeah, yeah. He was consigned to the dustbin of history. <laughs> He's probably kicking himself in heaven or maybe hell that he wasn't uh, <laughs> for, did, for did, not appearing in the triumph of the will. <laughs> in the triumph of the will. Yeah, but I think um, I was going to say returning to the um, Heil theme or who 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 had the best sort of Heil salute. Mm. Um, Oh, no, I was talking about Hitler's, Hitler's one earlier. So one thing I liked about the way Hitler did it was he sort of had this um, sort of, I wouldn't say relaxed, but I would say on certain scenes he had a very composed Heil, and particularly when he, he did that Heil that sort of tracked across the marching troops, and then he would almost finish mm. it off with a conductor-like flourish of the hand. Yeah, conductor-like flourish, and then he would hold his belt buckle. Yeah, that's and right. And he, he did this several times. Yeah. I think I find he yeah. he alternated between the the panning shot hile, which was normally arm um, parallel to the ground, mm. or this kind of this limpid, flaccid, over-the-shoulder, very, very weak Pile, which was much more unimpressive. <laughs> I gotta say, I think Ru Rudolf Hess probably had the most masculine 
erectile mm. of of any of the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is there a particular significance to all these different tiles? I mean, I I, I, I sort <laughs> of fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I get I get the sort of tracking tile, and I and I understand mm, for mm. practical purposes the little flap of the hand tile. I mean, because you know it must get a bit tiring hiling all day. Do it a lot, yeah, yeah. But I is there any because. I, f- I kind of get the impression that Hitler thought about this kind of thing quite a lot. So I wonder if there's any, if there's a deeper significance to these gestures. There might be a deeper law to the various types of Hiles, but I'd, <laughs> I'm just not enough of an expert in this. This <laughs> is not a, a well-practiced enough movement for me to have strong feelings <laughs> no, no. about the, the particularities of it. I mean, I suppose we should say something about how, how the uh, film unfolds. So, I mean, I think the start of the mm, film mm. is probably the most um, uh, imagination capturing. It sort of gives you this prelude where it talks about, you know, the how Germany was on its knees after World War One, how it was humiliated mm, at mm. the Treaty of Versailles or whatever, or in the um, post-war negotiations. And then, of course, the music has a bit of an uplift when uh, mm. it talks about the rebirth of Germany in 1933 after the Nazis took power. And then we cut yeah, to yeah, this, yeah. this it, we're soaring through the, the, the camera is soaring above and through the clouds, which I suppose is meant to indicate um, Hitler's heavenliness or something. And mm. it's, it's Hitler's plane as he descends upon Nuremberg. So he sort of, he sort of descends from the heavens in the first few minutes of the film into Nuremberg and after that, there's not much in the way of... I mean, it doesn't have a plot. I guess it's a... No. Do, do you think it was marketed as a documentary? <laughs> I, think, I think it's meant to be a documentary. Yeah. Like, notionally a documentary. Mm. It's, it's quite hagiographic. Quite, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Especially in some of the speeches. The speeches are... Everyone involved is quite partial to Hitler. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean... I'd say that there are there are standout scenes and definite visual motifs which keep popping up. Yeah. It's particularly a sea of of flags upon flagpoles, such that yeah. you can't yeah. see the people holding them, yeah. or a sea of outstretched right hands reaching for the heavens. <laughs> uh, Th- those yeah. are common visual themes. Yeah, there was a bit of a balance struck in the crowds, in the shots of the crowds between people on the one hand hiling, but then mm. they're almost reaching out to grasp Hitler in admiration. Mm. I sort mm. of, I found that there was a bit of a, a tension there. But what was your favorite, what was your favorite, um, part of the film because it sort of it cycles through the various events that occurred during this week for the nazi conference or whatever mm, in mm. 1934 uh my personal favorite i think i, I did like the mark the men um whatever it was like the workers brigade or whatever that were all doing sort of military maneuvers but with shovels instead of uh guns yeah and the shovels had swastikas on them <laughs> <laughs> it's very practical. Yeah. That makes them dig better. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 one of the, the more fun parts of watching this film is just because Nazism is so taboo mm. in Australia. Yeah. To, to watch something that is 
not only unashamedly Nazi, but is, is celebrating its Nazism. Yeah, for for two hours or so is <laughs> it's pretty wild. Uh, I didn't I, I didn't realize that the there were actually swastikas on the shovels. So that's real that's real attention to detail. Um, oh, there was remarkable attention to detail. I mean, they're Germans. Yeah, yeah. Did you get? I mean, did you get the impression that? Uh, and I'm saying I'm trying not to be use this in a derogatory fashion, but did you get the impression from that film that Hitler was gay? No offense to gay people, yeah, but I just yeah, got the impression yeah, yeah. he was gay. He's just a bit effeminate in yes. his mannerisms and some of his his facial tics. Mm. How, how he moves, especially when you place him next to, say, when when you had like the SS officers marching past him, some very masculine men in masculine uniforms. Hitler does seem much more feminine in comparison. Yeah, and particularly when yeah you know, he does, he touches his hands to his hips after doing the heil, and then yeah, there's one yeah, particular does, scene he where he does the, a little the, wiggle. The angry mum pose. Yes, he does a that's lot. right. That's, <laughs> that's exactly right. Hands on hips when you're you're eight years old and you just threw the TV remote at your brother <laughs> and made his nose bleed. <laughs> Hitler mum comes in and puts her hands on her hips and tells you to stop. Yeah, yeah. And like he must have practised all these gestures quite a lot because it's my impression, mm. and I might be being unfair, but it's my impression that he was probably not someone that was at ease in the company of others. Hmm. I mean, so I think he must have practised all this stuff, like, pretty religiously. He was the head of a machine that was so so capable of remaining on brand and so capable of creating symbols which which captured and expressed very, very strong emotions Hmm. that you... He he was part of such a theatrical organization that it's hard to imagine he was unaware of these things. I like that reimagining uh, or oh, Nazism reinterpreted as a theatrical troupe. <laughs> <laughs> like if they were just like performing at gay nightclubs or something in the nineteen eighties, mm. they would have been instead of beer halls, very popular. <laughs> So um, which other scene did you You were asking like? about fav- favourite yeah, bits. So yeah. there are two favourites. There's one, there's the bit I enjoyed the most and the bit I found the most impressive. Mm. The bit I enjoyed the most was the bit you were mentioning <laughs> when they've got all of the, the um, what were they, like labourers or something, the people with the, the swastika shovels. Yeah, I, I, th- I think and, they were labourers. <laughs> the, the, bit, the bit in that where... This, they all start singing and then start saying where they're from. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the so that they, they'll have like a close up of a soldier or worker or whatever, like a a swastika shovelman's face, and he'll turn dramatically towards the camera and shout where he's from. Like yeah. He'll say, oh, "I'm from Pomerania," or "I'm from Bavaria," or "I'm from Silesia." The Black Forest. <laughs> it, <laughs> It goes on for quite a while, and their their, their poses are just so gay. <laughs> the, the whole thing just feels really gay. The whole thing is, the whole thing and they're, is they're so just, gay. They're really handsome dudes as well. <laughs> like big square jaws, hunter's eyes. They're, they're really good looking. It just feels so gay. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that was that was the most fun part. That was that was really good. 
Maybe the fact that it was actually made by a woman actually helped with making it more gay. I mean, maybe she has mm. more had mm. more of an appreciation for the the male form and all its splendor. <laughs> yeah, and then they they go turbo German where they all start singing together yep. and t- talking about planting trees and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the unrestrained Teutonic soul. <laughs> Just loves loves war and big forests. Can you imagine if you were someone in like, I don't know, England or the United States at the time and you watched Triumph of the Will as a contemporary, you would just like be like, man, those Germans are weird. <laughs> like what's going on in Germany? I would think that the Germans are weird and I would be very, very scared of them. Yeah. But at the same time, like I think you could be forgiven for thinking they're a bit sort of silly and harmless at the beginning because like if it was... You know, thirteen or fourteen years, you know, you know, after nineteen twenty or whatever, and it was pretty recent that their country had been pretty fucked up and then economically mm, crippled mm. by international finance. Um, mm. And so you'd probably just think like, oh, they're blowing off a bit of steam. Let's not take them too seriously. This Hitler's a bit of a character, but I could I could see people just brushing the whole thing off as a bit amusing and a bit silly. It's hard to say because uh, this was after the Night of the Long Knives. Mm. <laughs> Hitler had started carrying out extrajudicial executions. At the same time. I'm not sure. Do you know how well that sort of incident was publicised in the international press? No, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like it's, the, the history of the 20th century is people taking a long time to realise things. <laughs> mm, mm. No, they, they unfortunately didn't have the... The beauty of Twitter or other forms of <laughs> of of hyper palatable bite sized media, <laughs> just polluting your mind with, with high volume shit. Yeah, we swung in the opposite direction. It's instead of it taking too long for things to reach us, it's just anything reaches us far too quickly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think. I wonder what form the triumph of the will would take today. I was go- about to say it maybe would be one of the short form video. Like it couldn't be two hours long. One of the great tragedies of today is that the viewing audience doesn't have the uh, appetite or the attention span to enjoy the triumph of the will and all its two hours <laughs> of splendor. <laughs> Yeah, they they just can't be propagandized to in as aesthetic a way. Yeah, because I mean, if you didn't have a telly to put on, and your only mm. entertainment for the night was just a hop in the car with you know mum and the kids and go watch Triumph of the Will for two hours, like like that that would be that would have been a very very impressive thing to behold. Like, what if you were seeing it projected on a screen or something? Like, with all your fellow Germans, this thing was real and fresh and exciting to you. Um, mm. it would be mm. magical. I mean, I think. To, in terms of fa- favorite scenes, I think I really I'm not sure why. I think maybe because it reminded me a bit of school camp. I really liked the Hitler Youth thing. <laughs> yeah, where that it's like you got together with all of the the other Aryan boys and did <laughs> you just did a lot of stuff together shirtless. Yeah, there <laughs> was a lot of roughhousing, sh- shirtless mm, roughhousing mm. with the boys. <laughs> Roughhousing with beautiful blonde boys. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, it's a very gay the thing film. Is, it's like when when I look at it again, I can't help but think, oh, that that's kind of gay. But that might also just be my poisoned mind that sees any sort of male affection and immediately assumes that there's a romantic subtext. Yeah, it, it could just be that that men were much more comfortable being affectionate towards one another, even what, like eighty, ninety years ago. Yeah, that's. 
That's true. Perhaps <laughs> we're in the wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you're wrong about that, Jack, you might want to rethink some of your other assumptions about viewing this film. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I got to say, though, this film did make being in Hitler Youth look really fun. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, the, Which, the yeah, food so looks good. It's a propaganda film. It's it's meant to cast this in a good light. Yeah. But <laughs> that, that did look like a lot of fun. Like, it's a big camp. You've got all these, like, I don't know, teepees or tents or whatever they are set up mm. just for, like, mile upon mile upon mile. And then yeah, you've the got... aerial shots of them. Yeah. It's that, gone forever. That's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And then, like, the, you see, like, some of the kids are, like, you know, helping to prepare dinner or, or they they got they got like lots of sausages over their shoulders <laughs> sausages again mm. another gay motif <laughs> mm. <laughs> um what do you think was the gayest part of the film do you reckon that's a gay uh, do you reckon the men with shovels the hitler youth or is there another gay bit that i'm really not remembering as you earlier mentioned hitler's mannerisms are, mm. are very gay <laughs> <laughs> so most most times when he was when he's when he's delivering speeches, there's there's kind of like there's Hitler when he's not being self conscious and the the gay mannerisms come out the hands on the hips, mm. two hands on the hips, or even more potently one hand on the hip and the other hand gesticulating, <laughs> <laughs> one one hip kind of knocked out to the side as yeah. well. <laughs> but okay, show off his his luscious yams. Okay. Okay, I've, I've got a question. Like, because as I was, as I was no, watching but then, it, then then when he starts speaking, he gets he must be concentrating and trying to suppress those mannerisms. But then when he gets really excited and starts shouting, mm. then the mannerisms reemerge. Yeah, the hands so come he, up. That's in very sort of mm, drama school mm. fashion. Yeah, when when the id finally smashes through the super ego <laughs> and Hitler's Hitler's true self arises once more. So those those moments when he's at his at his apex are very gay, <laughs> and the moments when he's not delivering a speech but he's watching parades or something like that, the the mannerisms or the facial tics yeah. <laughs> come out again. Do you think Do you think he was actually salivating at any point while reviewing these uh, young men? I mean, he doesn't well, he drool out his mouth. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> like it's a very intense concentration. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, there are a lot of scenes of he'll be presented with a large group of men, of soldiers or workers or something like that, and he inspects them. Yeah. I'm trying to remember which group it was where he was really intensely inspecting them. He was just standing. He had rows of people lined up mm. in military formation before him, and he was, he was pacing in front of them and staring, staring like not only at those in the first row, but several rows back and really concentrating. Yeah. And it looked like he was, it was framed as such that he was, he both had a lot of thoughts about how they were, how they were arranging themselves and those were good thoughts. <laughs> I also, I also liked the, 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 I guess the, the filmmaker implying that that Hitler was watching all events like a hawk yeah, when there would be yeah. a <clears throat> like a parade or something like that and of course 
she she would film a lot of people goose stepping mm. in brown or black uniforms and then it would just cut to Hitler squinting like a hawk. Yes, exactly. I was about to say that because when yeah, when there's that scene of all the uh, workers announcing where in Germany they're, they're from, periodically it just mm. sort of flicks back for a second with like the close-up of Hitler's eyes unblinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eagle eyes. Yeah, that, that was... That was very good. <clears throat> I also, I did appreciate the, um, there was a scene where first they were showing off horses running really, really fast to Hitler. Yeah. And then they had the military cars and they were just <laughs> effectively doing burnouts. <laughs> 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 in state-of-the-art military cars. Speaking of cars too, big shout out to Mercedes Benz. Oh, or, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the Hitlermobile had a very prominent Mercedes Benz logo. Uh, Hit, uh, the sponsors of both the Nazis and this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think mm. Um, mm. One, one of the things, uh, one of the, actually, I've got two more sort of thoughts on Hitler's general presentation. Or one maybe maybe one sort of question and one thought. Like, do you what what did you make of his voice? Because I must say I was actually somewhat I was more impressed than I expected to be by his voice. Like I really wouldn't have been surprised had it been very high pitched and girly. And I sort of heard Hitler's mm. voice before, but I didn't really pay much attention to it. But I thought he no, did I've, have a I've very never sat down dramatic. for two hours and absorbed. Yeah, I see propaganda like this before. He did a very impressive delivery, and particularly in the way mm. that he always—I'm not sure if there's just an incident of German grammatical structure or it was conscious—but like he would always he would finish a lot of sort of sentences with Deutschland in a very sort of like I don't know, almost like his voice was about to give out. He had so much passion mm. in it. Mm. He was very passionate, very shouty, <laughs> but. Extremely passionate. Yeah. And he was so. To, uh, while I, while I was watching this, my my wife got home and <laughs> and and speaks German <laughs> and was, had a, had some questions about what I was watching. But she 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 witnessed Goebbels speaking and did comment that Goebbels' German is very very nice. Uh, some aspect of the accent, yeah. she said, was. It surprised her at how pleasant it was. Yeah, well, he he does he does have a pleasant voice. I mean, he had the pleasantest voice out of all of the speakers. I didn't like Hess's voice much. No, Hess had the best Hiles, but oh, he was yeah. otherwise <laughs> he was otherwise uninspiring with um and I, with his voice. And I think Hess. I also, I also do say this. I should, for anyone listening, I don't speak German. Yeah. Just through subtitles. No, 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 neither do I. Neither do I. Um, I mean, I I studied it without profit uh, at school, but uh, no, no, it was all all through subtitles. We're not we're not uh, German experts. You're talking to here. I I found at the end, Hess did a particularly impressive heil. I think it might have been the final speech of the film, and he sort of like mm. turns in like very dramatic fashion away from the camera and like at the towards like, Hitler. Yeah, with like finishing some grand peroration and he's like this really like mm. almost again his voice sort of giving out he's like Sieg Heil <laughs> Yeah yeah he was he was really screaming that yeah. <laughs> yeah that was 
moving very passionate deliveries yeah <laughs> there's certainly a, a tenor of delivery at the um the sixth party congress it's a uh, it's all emotion all the time it's not it wasn't a very subtle movement was it Nazism. <laughs> no. <laughs> no that's probably not what you that's they were, not the word they were doing 100 k's an hour the entire time <laughs> yeah. like i mean yeah, as as Walter Pater once said of the uh, quality that a good short story should have, it burnt like a intense gem-like flame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I? I actually answering a question you asked fifteen minutes ago. So <laughs> the the other scene. So the two my two favorite scenes were one. The scene I enjoyed the most was. Like all of the the headshots of the various workers saying where they were from, but <laughs> the most impressive I think was the I think it was a funeral or a commemoration mm. for Hindenburg, yep. the the former president. And it's it's just it's a huge field full of soldiers in just this this perfect grid, <laughs> and walking between them a uh, uh, Hitler and two other people, and they go and they. <laughs> They go to pay respects to Hindenburg either at his grave or a memorial, and it's it's just a huge swastika, a really <laughs> big, big swastika. Yeah, yeah did you? I, did you? I, think I'm not that joking as, when I say basically yeah. everything has a swastika on it. Did you get the feel? I got the feeling as the film um, progressed that the swastikas just got bigger and bigger. Like in the mm, last fifteen mm. minutes. They're standing before like an extraordinarily large swastika, and yet we're recording this at the time of, um, you know, the Republican presidential primary, which I'm paying some attention to. But like, you don't get like that size, just size and scale of branding at any of these political mm. events. No, you get. So I, I'm not paying attention to the primary, mm. but I would assume there are a lot of American flags. But yeah. Do they have an American flag <clears throat> as big as the Imperial Eagle and swastika at that? There was that that night time. They had a few night time. Oh, the fireworks! You just remember the fireworks. But yeah, there was there was one with fireworks and lots of soldiers. I think this was um, Spears Sea of Flags mm. and Zeppelin of Lights, <laughs> and there, there were so many flags with swastikas on them that you just you couldn't see the people holding it. It was just this sea of flags. Yeah. And there was a gigantic illuminated eagle with a gigantic illuminated swastika before <laughs> these crowds. They, like they, they really they picked their symbol and then went for repetition. You just repeat it enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just emboss it into people's minds. Like through the through the repetition and like the sheer size of them. Like you really did have the people mm. actually subsumed by the iconography. Mm, mm, mm. One striking thing, actually. Um, particularly the the daytime motorcades, mm. particularly the I think the first motorcade, the one that took Hitler from from landing his plane <laughs> through through the town of Nuremberg, yep. is is how how beautiful the old architecture of Germany was. Yes, because I I haven't been to Germany very often, but quite often my impression is that many of the buildings feel quite new. There, there's certainly old architecture, but there's a lot of new architecture because it was bombed so heavily. <laughs> and so it was, it was actually nice to see what, what Germany was. 
It would. It might like a lot. A lot of what I thought was, oh, this looks like Prague. Yeah, Prague just wasn't bombed to nearly the same extent. <laughs> it would have been but really. It, was... it would have been really funny at the time, like attending that sort of rally and thinking about how great it was for Germany to have its rebirth, and if they could just like flash forward, like. 13 years and everything has been destroyed like that was the, the culmination of hitler's reign was just being fucking wiped off the map <laughs> yeah yeah one thing i was very impressed by actually um was the soldiers when they're goose stepping quite a few of them will be hiling mm. and will just hold that position for such a long time yeah that's actually a good they're point. just must have crazy anterior delt gains <laughs> on on one side, on their right side. <laughs> really disproportionate shoulders. Yeah. They've just got their high their big veiny hyling shoulder. <laughs> and then their small, small flaccid left non-hyling shoulder. One unexplored area of propaganda, I'm sure I'm I'm morally sure that it exists, is like mm. Nazis working out. Like I feel like that was an unexplored that must area. Must exist. Yeah, it really must exist. Oh, then again, I mean, we haven't yet watched Lenny Riefenstahl's other classic Olympia about the nineteen thirty six games. So that would probably have a lot of German athletes working out. I wonder though, because on one hand, of course, this 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 film is obsessed with sort of with the human form in motion mm. and. Fascist aesthetics that certainly appreciate powerful bodies. Mm. At the same time, I wonder whether the, the 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 worship of the folk would get in the way of appreciating movement purely for the purpose of getting your muscles to be larger. Whether that'd be seen as degenerate. Yeah. Whether, I mean, I guess you could have someone hit the gym <clears throat> really, really hard and then just be filmed chopping wood or <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, herding <laughs> sheep or something like that. And that that would marry the folkish elements, the the folkish myth, with big bulging biceps. <laughs> you, you would get that that perfect marriage of aesthetics and mythology. Yeah, but I, I'm not sure what their view of of just going to the gym to to consume resources would be. No, I think that strikes right. me as a very capitalist pursuit. Yeah, and of just too, too individualistic. Pure mindless consumption. Too individualistic and too capitalist mm. probably. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um <clears throat> what else do we need to talk about in this film? <laughs> this this film is definitely worth watching, but it's also in a way hard to describe because not that much happens. I, mean, like this. I found it exhausting to watch. <laughs> Again, I it might just be a stamina thing in that I watch so few films and get quite bored by films. Yeah. That watching two hours of basically parades and fascist speeches does get pretty tiring yeah. pretty quickly. Especially because, like, there's parts of the film where there's, like, f- like five to ten minutes unbroken at a stretch of just watching people march. <laughs> it's like, yeah. why am and I then spending my time And that will alternate with, with, with five to ten minutes of just straight speeches. <laughs> yeah. no, and I, barely I, edited speeches as well. It's not YouTube jump cuts just to the best bits. It's just some uh, some Nazi functionary talking about how how Hitler is guaranteeing the law, how Hitler is the law, 
So I guess some of the, some of the speeches were sort of interesting from the the perspective of menace, mm. knowing where this will lead. Yeah, but there wasn't actually that much of that either. Yeah, I, I didn't find the film particularly menacing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, partic- particularly when you had the SS officers marching before Hitler. I, I found that certainly had a lot of menace. <laughs> I think I don't know. I, Maybe, again, maybe I'm just so overlaid with millennial irony or something like that, but I just, I, I, it's so hard to, for me to take it seriously. Like, it's so camp. It's so gay. <laughs> <laughs> it is It is very camp. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I wonder how much of that is, as, as you mentioned, because the, the director is a woman. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be interested to watch more of her films. So it's, it's the, it's a... It, I don't know, a presumably heterosexual female view of of the male form. Yes, I don't actually know if she's a heterosexual, but um, it's it's something. I think so. I think she had a husband at least. <laughs> That'd be so weird if your wife was making these films. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, presumably, her husband was also a Nazi, and so he thought it was pretty cool. Jesus, let's have a look. Wait, Jesus it. Christ! She she only died in two thousand three. At age 101. She was 101 when she died. God. She was pretty hot when she was younger as well. (laughs) More to the the point. Importantly, she does pass the physiognomy check. Yeah, which Hitler really doesn't. I mean, Hitler really No, no, he's very uninspiring. That's that's also something I don't get. Like, he he put a lot of thought into... Hess had a bad voice, but Hess did have a big square jaw. Yeah... I guess so. I'd see I didn't I found Hess underwhelming. I mm, he kind mm. of he did he, he had a square jaw, I, I guess. But <laughs> but he but he had a bit of a soft face, I thought. Or a not or a not mm. threatening face. Like I find the face of Himmler quite threatening in a creepy bureaucrat kind of way. Like a real sort of yeah, textbook banality Him- of Himmler evil. looks like the sort of the sort of bureaucrat in a Kafka novel who would who would sentence you to death yeah. from yeah by by two hundred people removed. <laughs> I'm just Googling um Hess now though. He did have a very um very uh strong brow. Mm, mm. A warrior skull, yeah. you might say. Like, I wonder why Hitler didn't put more of an effort into his appearance. Because he's clearly put a lot of effort into his I don't know, his gestures and his presentation generally but he doesn't look like he worked out much if he looks maxed he would have won the war (laughs) (laughs) i just think the soviet union would have crumbled in a matter of days if hitler had just been doing his mewing exercises if he'd been jelking if he'd been bone smashing (laughs) if he'd been skin maxing if he'd been hair maxing how the hell do you hair they would have won (laughs) hair max by like (laughs) Smearing minoxidil on your scalp. <laughs> if if there is like any part of your body can be maxed. Yeah, yeah. It's a a lesson I've learned from <laughs> from spending time on looks max forums, <laughs> which Hitler should have done. <laughs> yeah, he really should have done it. Granted, they did have very very impressive physical specimens for the the ex oh not extras for for the non named. Blonde, square-jawed, squinty-eyed, uh, presumably blue-eyed cast members. Mm. 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 Th- those people were very impressive. 
from a physiognomic standpoint. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what the casting sort of... I mean, I guess these... I mean, how many of these scenes are authentic or how much of the... How much of the footage is actually authentic? I mean, is it all authentic? And it was this sort of well-scripted. She's just done really good camera work. I mean, I would assume, like, for instance, I'm sure she didn't actually have a camera on Hitler's plane as he flew over the clouds. But, like, mm, I just wonder mm. how much of this was done retroactively and how much was actually authentic. This is how it happened. It's hard to say because certain things would be very, very hard to fake or at least very expensive mm. like the, the sea of flags or some of the, some of the speeches certain things like the the group songs i anticipate were probably not spontaneous yeah that was probably scripted just because the the voices are just too much in unison it sounds too good like if you hear a crowd of people singing granted your average group of people at the MCG on a Saturday night aren't well-drilled SA or SS members, but still, it's, it's very hard to make out individual words, whereas with these group songs, you, the, the enunciation was perfect, and I find it hard to believe that that would have happened. And also, in each shot, there are only a handful of people. <laughs> yeah, I've, so I'm just... I've, um, I've got the, the Wikipedia article talking about, talking about the filming of it, Apparently, it was actually the rally was pl- almost planned around the film as well. So they like <laughs> so um so Spear um apparently pits were dug in front of the speaker's platform so Riefenstahl could get the camera angles she wanted and tracks were laid so that the cameraman could get traveling shots of the crowd. Uh, mm, mm. When rough cuts were not up to par, major party leaders and high-ranking public officials reenacted their speeches in a studio. <laughs> <laughs> 61 it's, hours it's of the, film was cut into two. The profound theatricality of the Nazi regime. Yeah. <laughs> this it, it, it was really a, a marketing first approach <laughs> to totalitarian government. Yeah, it's a very, um, it is, I think it's one of the striking things about it is just like how recognizably modern it is. Not like, like how much yeah, of the political yeah. theatrics, but also like how much of, you know, um, ad, almost like advertising uh, sort of production techniques were used. Mm, mm. Like, and if you hadn't seen any of this stuff before and seeing all of this sort of stuff for the first time or all these techniques used for the first time, it really would have been pretty jaw-dropping. It is also just very, very darkly amusing the extent to which modern Western society is indebted to Nazi Germany in so many things we do. Mm. So in, in much legal discourse, the debt owed to Carl Schmidt in much you know, continental philosophical masturbation at <laughs> university liberal arts departments is owed to Martin Heidegger and how much of our, our political communication is owed to people like Leni Riefenstahl or to Goebbels. Yeah, plus also, plus also you know, um, how much of the, uh, how many of the developments in sort of nuclear physics as well as hiding the mm, fact that mm. the world is secretly flat. I mean, Operation Paperclip. Yeah, yeah, that was the Nazis. <laughs> Free At the same time, hiding the fact that the Earth is flat yeah. and also hiding Agatha from us. <laughs> I got one of those references. <laughs> <laughs> the Earth is hollow. <laughs> we have a, a, a hollow, flat Earth. It's like a Kit Kat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, i got to say, that's it. 
it, this film is definitely worth watching, but I, in a way, I was a little bit disappointed. I was expecting it to have a, I guess, I don't know, I was expecting it to have a bit more in the way of story rather than just mm. scene after scene of rallies and men marching. Um, so I probably wouldn't be rushing back to rewatch this one. Um, and I think to your point before, you, you're saying like, oh, maybe I just don't have the stamina for films. I watch a lot of films and a lot of television, mm. and I got pretty bored. I mean, I watched, I I was rewatching it, but I watched it in two in two sittings, one of which finished mm. an, an hour and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> With your as my baby was snoring on my uh, on my chest, <laughs> God. you just. Were you holding his eyelids open to make sure that he could see <laughs> I did every single frame of the triumph of the will? I did become a little bit self-conscious last night because my wife had gone to bed um, and I was sort of, baby was sort of sleeping on me as I was sitting in the recliner watching Triumph of the Will, but I sort of left the door open <laughs> and it was really loud and there was so many like, hi, oh, Hitler, hi, Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't self-conscious enough to turn it down, but I was a, mm, I was a bit mm, self-conscious. Mm. Your neighbours could hear it. <laughs> Psychopath. Yeah, can you imagine your neighbours trying to sleep hearing that through the wall? Yeah. Hess screaming Seagull. <laughs> Do you think Ed's a Nazi? <laughs> oh, he didn't look like a Nazi mowing the lawn in his T-shirt, but... Now I'm reconsidering. <laughs> hmm. I mean, he was doing it with his left hand and his right hand was held skyward. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine mowing the lawn while trying to go step with Piling the entire time. <laughs> God, that'd be Giving hard. all of your neighbours the good old Roman salute. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Yeah, you'd be a real nuisance. I think documentary filmmaking probably has 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 gone through some... A learning process since the triumph of the will mm. was was first released, because many documentary films, at least the more modern ones that I've seen, do have some sort of narrative hook to pull the viewer through them. And this film really did lack that. It has a lot of very very striking images, mm. but it's tiring. I do remember for the first twenty minutes or so, I was enjoying myself. Yeah, that how striking the imagery was. The just the how emotionally stirring the soundtrack is, as well as just the the the, the first time Hitler just appeared on screen, they're smiling. I just burst out laughing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because there is still at least at least to me there is shock value in seeing something that is just so unashamedly all about Hitler <laughs> and, and Hitler starring as himself as the main character of a film is was very very funny the first time i was like i was really hit with the reality of oh yeah this is this was like a 1934 1935 nazi propaganda film mm. but that that wasn't enough to sustain me through two hours that that, no. that wore off i didn't burst out laughing any more times when i saw hitler i did start laughing at the um <laughs> you know the the i'm from silesia i'm from pomerania part that was Bye -bye that now. was very very good <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. They all have such funny voices as well. Yeah, they, they all said it in a very funny way. It makes you realise how slick and well-produced film and advertising, etc. are now. Because, of course, when you, when you hear people talk in real life, 
almost no one has this this perfectly telegenic voice. Yeah. But and and this this film reflects that. Like they probably just sound like normal people, but we're so conditioned to expect people on a screen to sound perfect. Yeah. That that they come across as having really, really amusing voices. Nonetheless, I, I still thought they had really funny voices. <laughs> They're really funny voices, and I think a thought that kept just coming back to me is just how strange Germans are. Like, they're really weird mm, people. Mm. Um, and also, I was a little bit... It, it, what it really made me want was a, a Triumph of the Will equivalent about fascist Italy. But I suspect that mm. the Italians simply aren't organised enough to have pulled off an equivalent sort of a cinematic spectacle. Look, that's that would be concordant with my rude stereotypes about Italy. <laughs> just just as the triumph of the will is concordant with my stereotypes about Germany. Yeah. Yes, uh, I like it how you just, uh, you actually prefaced that by saying my rude stereotypes, whereas I just asserted it. <laughs> Germans are weird. Italians are incompetent. <laughs> No, none, none of them approach the primordial magnificence of the Australian. <laughs> yeah, yes, especially if you could see the outfit I'm wearing. I'm wearing this stained uh, <laughs> Santa Claus T-shirt <laughs> in my shabby little office. <laughs> no, it's the beauty of the Australian accent that you, you can sound good-natured. People can find how you speak fascinating, but no one will ever take you remotely seriously. <laughs> no. Um, I'm just, I've got the Wikipedia article up, and I am impressed that... So it, it mm, won mm. it won a few international awards, including the gold medal at the 1935 Venice Biennale, but also the Grand mm. Prix at the 1937 World Exhibition in Paris. 1937, like pretty pretty soon before the war, and they're like all these mm. Frenchmen are like, yeah, that was awesome, have a gold medal. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, plenty of Frenchmen. <laughs> we're, we're okay that's with true. The that's, occupation. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But apparently, according to this article, it says it says that it actually wasn't it did it wasn't that widely used for propaganda purposes. It seems to have been more aimed at like elite artsy types. <laughs> ah, <laughs> it's quite funny because it at least on in Australian universities, so much of the. As much, as much as I recoil from the term, the, I guess the self-described intellectual class is, is very left-leaning. Mm. It's funny looking back at a time when a significant portion of that group of people were not only right-leaning, but were just were fascists. Yeah. <laughs> they took a look at the triumph of the will and thought, yeah, that's, that's really good stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, if they're already socialists, it doesn't take that much to become a national socialist. <laughs> mm, mm. The, yeah, a stronger spine diversion. Yes, exactly. Um, do we have anything else useful to say about this film? I honestly don't. <laughs> no, it's hard. It's hard to talk about this one at length because I guess the 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 parts of the film that are fun are just letting the spectacle of it wash over you, yeah. and that's something that is necessarily hard to convey in speech. Yeah, I, mean, I can talk about how there are there are just endless scenes of of powerful looking men marching or powerful looking men and good looking women being very obviously excited about seeing Hitler mm. or you know, 
little cherub blonde children <laughs> with with little pudgy cheeks and big eyes grinning and hiling because Hitler's just gone past in his car. <laughs> the close-ups of children actually were, were used to good and comical effect. <laughs> it's it's just so good seeing a filmmaker use a technique in such a way that you, you just immediately think, I know what you're doing. <laughs> you're showing me the, the beautiful children who are very pleased about seeing their wonderful leader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just p- picking the most photogenic children that they could find. It's a remarkably unsubtle film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It... Germany really isn't a place of, of much subtlety. It, they're... they're... They're quite a maximalist people in many ways. <laughs> yeah, I, you you reminded me before though of like just one scene. I don't think we talked about, well, not even a scene, just like a particular shot at the start of the film when Hitler's um you know magical bird plane is arriving. Like there's this shot of uh taken from the plane, and you can see like the shadow of the plane like on the ground passing over the streets. So you're like, mm, and it really, mm. it also sort of leans into this impression of like Hitler as this soaring eagle who then has his eye on everything for the rest of the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, the symbolism is quite special. <laughs> A man who misses nothing. <laughs> so profoundly unsubtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The cross-shaped shadow of Hitler's plane yeah. presses itself <laughs> upon the land of Germany. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's seeing this made me both want to and not want to watch Olympia. Because how long is Olympia? Uh, I seem to recall it's a similar. It's a, it's a pretty similar. Length. Is, is it also two hours? Three and a half hours. Oh, no. Wait, wait, wait! No, 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 no! This is Olympia Part Two, Festival of Beauty. True to its oh no that that also is, but there are two parts of Olympia. Oh, okay. I definitely I definitely parts. haven't seen them all. Okay, so two hundred and twenty six minutes. Okay, <laughs> that's. Oh, don't know if I could be fucked. Yeah, I think. I um, don't know if I could be bothered. Yeah, I mean, I, I I will be bothered. I'll watch it in a few um, late night <laughs> sittings. I mean, I recently because I've got a I've got a you know twelve week old baby and sleeping can be a bit of an issue so recently over several nights i worked through the godfather trilogy um which you know Mm. all up is probably only seven or eight hours but i feel like this is not olympia is probably not a film i can watch all at once but it could make for some profitable viewing between the hours of 1 a.m and 3 (laughs) a.m it's working through it yeah just just to really implant the imagery <laughs> in your son's mind <laughs> at a young, impressionable age. Uh, just, to, just to impose an appreciation for clean, powerful aesthetics. Mm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, this episode is, is going to be a short yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what else can you say? Like, all of the funny moments that we haven't mentioned are really just they're, they're variations on the theme of the funny moments we have mentioned. <laughs> There's not that much to say. And by the, by the end of it, I was zoning out yeah. as well. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it ends with so many speeches. <laughs> the speeches are the worst bit. Yeah, the speeches aren't great. I, I guess also because the content of the speeches 
is really not interesting. I mean, if you have a mm. if you have a passing familiarity with Nazism or fascism, you kind of you kind of know what they're going to say, and there's no surprises. Mm. And also, I guess you know, given that we know how bad the Nazis were, um, I guess it is a little bit disappointing you don't hear any of the highly racial or that much of the highly racialized rhetoric. I mean, they do. Yeah, make, I only recall yeah, one mention of, of keeping the race pure. Yeah, and they, they, they there's one reference to like keeping the race pure, and also how you know the most pure amongst them, presumably the seven hundred fifty thousand who were gathered there at Nuremberg, have you know found themselves as the natural leaders of the rest of the people, like they've sort of mm, naturally mm. risen to the top, but they don't really. Yeah, they don't they don't really dwell on the issue or say anything particularly. Um, I mean, I guess if you didn't if you didn't really know that much, I, I'll believe put it this way. I think you could be forgiven if you didn't have any other context. You could be forgiven for thinking this film was simply fascist rather than like race science Nazi. Um, mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. I probably won't be watching it again. I just, I don't appreciate film in the same way that you do. I don't think I appreciate it that much. I just watch a lot more of it than you do. I mean, I, I, and, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I don't really have, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure there are, there are probably many podcasts out there that delve into the specifics of this shot and that shot and what innovation, but I, I felt about it the same way I feel about um, Citizen Kane which so many lists sort of say is like, oh, this is like the greatest film of all time. And it is unimaginably boring. But I think oh, really? maybe if you were watching it for the first time, it would be like really dramatic. And we've absorbed so much of all these cinematic techniques that we don't know what it was like to see them for the first time. But yeah, I think you'd have to be a bit of a film purist to rewatch A Triumph of the World. <laughs> but but I, I, I sort of feel I, I owe it to myself to watch Olympia, so I will do so, but I doubt we'll do a podcast on it. <laughs> I don't know if I can be unless it's re- Unless it surprises me by being really funny, but uh, I don't know. The Germans aren't that funny, or they're not that intentionally funny. They're unintentionally funny, but... No, I... At least the Germans I know have an extremely dry, understated sense of humour, which I, f- I find very, very funny. Yes, but that's true. It was, it was de- definitely not an evidence no. in <laughs> Triumph of the Will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I, I don't have more to no, say. Um, that's all I got. What have I got to say? Buy copies of Tower. Buy my book. It's the best book in the world, best book in human history. There's just nothing else like it. It's going to be remembered in thousands of years, and you could be on ground at ground zero, in this, or at least a few months after release, depending on when you, when you're listening to this. In the same way that um, you know, I was saying that it's impossible for us to recapture the brilliance of Triumph of the Will as it was first experienced. You can experience the uh, dramatic original flourishes of Jack's book for the first time. You can be amongst the elite <laughs> <laughs> who were there when artistic history was first made. That's that's a perfect way to end this episode. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing I want associated with my book more than Nazi propaganda films. <laughs> the, the two go, go together wonderfully. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you. See you next time. I'm trying to remember what we've got next. What have, oh, no, we've got the Tate Bible next. You didn't have to read the Tate Bible. I finished it today. (laughs) 
<laughs> Wait, is that what was by it? Andrew Tate or something? Well, it's by a, a guy called G Slim, <laughs> who's an aficionado of Andrew Tate's, who collected Tate's knowledge and put it in a book, and then Andrew Tate put his name on it. What? So it's a uh, co-authorship, Andrew Tate and G Slim. Yeah, I I was about to ask you what knowledge Andrew Tate has to impart, but I guess I'll wait for the episode. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we, we will distill it for you. We'll distill it for the masses. <laughs> All right, thanks for, thanks for listening. <laughs>